This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, Peter Dowd on theirishgarden.com joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Now, we're going to go straight back to last week and the issue with the monkey puzzle tree that was oozing this white sap and it just looks awful from the base and we sent you on the photograph. Yeah, so I had a look at the photograph and it it, it does look a bit sinister. Like, at this time of year, sap is obviously flowing and sap is rising very quickly. So in a tree like that, if there is any little wound or anything in it, you could kind of expect to see a bit of sap oozing out and I wouldn't be worried about that. However, like I said last week, when I hadn't seen the photograph that it could be fungal, the black that's mixed in with the sap that you'll see in that photograph does look a bit sinister. It looks fungal. I had a chat with a good friend of mine, tree surgeon Neil Vaughan in Muskery Tree Care, and I showed him the picture and he's of like mind. He thinks that the black, like something has penetrated the bark and the cambium, some kind of infection. And that's why the the the, the sap is oozing out. But uh, I would say the black isn't a great sign. So I would like the same advice that I gave last week um, without jumping to any, you know, desperate conclusions. But I I would certainly get a tree surgeon up to have a look at it. Okay, the advice remains the same. And then Sarah has contacted us by email to Patricia at C103.ie to say our neighbours have built a hot tub on a sloping ground just on the other side of our nine foot garden fence. We can see them clearly and they now have a good view into our garden. Are there some screening trees or shrubs that will fill in a space 12 feet high by four foot wide? They, they have to be happy to grow in containers as our side is concreted, preferably not conifers. And we've never had much success with them in containers. OK, OK. Yeah, nobody nobody really wants to be sitting out in the garden looking at the neighbours in the hot tub. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Um, so okay yeah it is a challenge obviously so you're going to have to grow something in containers or in very very large pots or perhaps even building a raised bed on top of the concrete may be an option I don't know obviously Um, the advantage of building a raised bed just is is, is a raised bed to all intents and purposes is the same as a very big pot except uh, it, it doesn't have the same risk of blowing over obviously so anything that's nine foot tall and more 12 foot tall going up over the nine foot fence and 12 foot in total, um, you know, physics will come to play there. If there's a big heavy crown up on top there that's going to do the screening, it's always possible that it could blow over. That's the first thing. However, leaving that aside, if you have a a, a robust enough concrete or, or container on the concrete that isn't going to blow over, what do you plant in it? So you, you could plant something that's going to get to 12 feet high like they describe but what I'd be inclined to do now I haven't seen the garden obviously so I'm not sure if this is suitable but what I'd be inclined to do is if you 
if you can imagine, Trish, if something's 12 foot high, then it's going to be quite wide at the base. So you're going to sacrifice a lot of the space down there. So perhaps it's an idea to get something. If you have a fence that's going up eight or nine feet, get some a plant with a clear stem of eight or nine feet. So there's no foliage in line with the fence. And then the foliage starts at eight foot, if you know what I mean. So like a tree with a clear stem of eight or nine feet and then the crown up there. And I would look at something, if you don't want a conifer, I'd look for something like uh, even just the, the, the commoner garden laurel, which is, you know will do exactly what you're looking for and relatively quickly. Um, you could look at Portuguese laurel as another option. Aliagnus is another evergreen one. You do want evergreen, I assume. Um, if, if not, if you don't want evergreen, if, if it could be deciduous, you have a whole range of trees you could look at. And then you need to start looking at things like aspect and sunlight and whether it's windy or not. So you need to you need to check all these things in the first instance as to how much sunlight it is or isn't getting, how much wind it is or isn't getting. Uh, and then that will determine your choice. But I would look at something like laurel on a clear stem um, so that all the green is up, up on top, up over the fence and not down low. Uh, uh, or maybe the Eliagnus, and they either one of them should do the trick for you. Okay, and can I say a lot of people invest in those hot tubs, and then it's just a, a passing phase; they get bored with it, and there'll be nobody in the hot tub. Uh, certainly, as we head into the winter months. But anyway, good luck with it. Hi, Peter. Could you please advise me what evergreen ground cover shrub to plant to stop dogs relieving themselves outside our house? Thanking you from Jane. What you could look at there is, and it's a very beautiful uh, evergreen or ground cover plant. It's not actually evergreen as such, but I don't think it's a huge issue in this case because it's, it's the ground cover roses. The the, the rose, um, uh, I've drawn a blank, it's a uh, pink carpet. Pink, sorry, rose flower carpet, and you get them in pink, white, or red. I drew. A, I, was, I was having my first senior moment there, or first of many <laughs> senior moments, um, Trish. So it's rose flower carpet, and they come in pink is the most resilient of all of them, and probably the most showy, and they come in whites and yellows as well. Uh, the dogs, dogs, even humans will struggle to get through them because they're thorny, obviously, like rose. They're not overly thorny, but they're thorny enough, I would imagine, to stop dogs. Now, they're not evergreen, but they do, they do have their stems and everything. So they're still there during the winter months, even though they might lose their leaves. But I think, I think that would be a good one to, to repel dogs. OK, a couple of questions in on roses. The leaves of my roses are being eaten by something, not on the edges, little holes inside in the leaves. That might not be an insect. That could be something like shot hole, which, would, you know, it's a, it's a fungal uh, infection which would tie in with roses because roses are prone to fungal infections like black spot and mildew and things like this. So the shot hole would just be another one. Um, so in the first instance, what I would do, it is possible, of course, that it's a caterpillar or something, but I think it's more likely shot hole. Um, so in the first instance, I would just remove any infected foliage or affected foliage. Um, just remove it, you know, if it means removing a few stems, that's no big deal this time of the year, don't worry. Um, maybe drench the whole plant with copper sulfate mixed with water and then feed it, feed the roses with a good a good food to, to give them a tonic to kind of make them more resistant to these diseases in the future. I'd imagine that's what it is. So. Imelda says, could you ask Peter for the name of the plant whose leaves look like the nettle plant? He showed the plant at Mallow Garden Festival and I purchased it and I'm happy to say it's flowering. I just don't know the name of it. I'm guessing that the plant she's talking about, which is a fabulous one for butterflies and bees, is Agastache, or the licorice root. Um, I did have that I got that from um, oh Green Man Dave is what I call him he has a nursery down there in West Cork <laughs> Green Man Dave I got it from his his stand in Mallow he had some agastaches uh, 
and they really are a wonderful, wonderful plant trish. Uh, I imagine that's what it is because the leaf does look a bit like a small lentil, all right? Agastaches. Agastache, yeah, licorice root. Licorice root, okay. Uh, hi, yeah. I just planted my cocosmia in my garden and because of the wind, I've tied them with stakes. Is that okay to do? It is. It's absolutely fine to do and you're you're absolutely killing them with kindness. Well, you're not killing them with kindness here, but you're being, I would say, unnecessarily kind because they're, they're tough as old boots. It, crocosmia, Trish, is, is known to you and I as Montbrecia. You know, the orange Montbrecia that you'd have around the the hedgerows of, of the countryside. Now, it's probably a cultivated form is what the, the, the caller has planted, maybe Lucifer or Emily McKenzie or one of these more more cultivated forms. Uh, staking it is absolutely fine. Uh, it'll help it establish, certainly, but even if you didn't stake it and if it did blow over, it would still be okay, don't worry. Hi, uh, Peter. I'm moving house, not very far, just Paula says, just moving next door later this year. I'd like to take my lilac tree with me. It's three or four years old, but only this year it's really began to grow properly. I'm wondering when would it be the best time to move it? The best time to try moving it uh, will be sometime between November, December, January, when the, when the plant is totally dormant. Now, it's only three or four years in the ground, so I suspect... Um, it'll probably move safely enough. However, if it's uh, if it's three or four years, the way that I say three or four years, and it's actually 10 or 11 years, if you know what I mean, um, uh, then then the, the, there's a bigger risk. So there is an inherent risk in moving any established plant, Trish. The longer it's in the ground, the bigger that risk is. So as I say, if it's only two, three or four years, your risk is on the much lower end. If it's five, five years or more, it's getting higher. So get as much of a root ball out as possible uh, during the winter months when you do lift it straight into its new home. I would cut it back as well. Not too hard because when you cut lilacs back, they do tend to, to respond by putting on lots of new green leafy growth, but not so much flowers. So I wouldn't cut it back too hard. Maybe just the, the, the growing tips. And a couple of questions in on our C103 Instagram page. Uh, white, uh, white hydrangea, not doing well. Flowers are small and both leaves and flowers have rusty spots on them. What's going on? First thing I'd ask is whether it's a new plant or an established plant. So if it's new, uh, I would say, first instance, water, water, water. Now, I know we're having a bit of rain on and off this week, but it's been very, very dry and, and obviously it's been very warm as well. Um, so water, water, water consistently like don't just rely on the couple of deluges that we've had to 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 be enough for the summer you need to be do it consistently if it's a new plant trish if it's an established plant that's not the case um the the brown spots is, is just a type of hydrangea leaf spot again it's a fungal problem like with the rose we were talking about earlier same advice i would give remove uh, as much of the the infected leaves as possible treated with the, the copper sulfate mixed with, with, with water which is a good broad spectrum fungicide um and then feed it, feed it with a good seaweed feed and a good mulch of something around the base of it, even homemade compost, any good organic material, which will also, in fact, help with the, the water loss as well from the root, the root zone. So cut off any infected growth, um, feed it with, with the, a liquid seaweed, treat it with the copper sulfate and do pay attention to watering. Kathleen McCroom got a present of an indoor fern. It needs to be repotted. What kind of soil does she need to consider and what about watering? Um, I would say if it needs to be repotted, you want to put it into a kind of a, a good kind of humus rich soil. If That's what ferns like, you know, they, they grow on the woodland floor where there'll be lots of leaf litter and breaking down twigs and things like that. So that kind of that humusy growth is what, what you'd want. I would say any good multi-purpose compost and maybe mix a small bit of, of either humus from your own garden or a bit of chipped bark or something like that. Would, would would be absolutely fine. A good open, as I say, humusy compost. Um, watering, 
with an indoor one, it depends which one it is, really. Uh, if it's like that lovely, fine kind of maidenhair fern, uh, I, I would kind of let it tell me when it needs watering, if you know what I mean. Important that you keep it away from drafts, like windows that are opening and closing, so somewhere where it's more consistent. But then it's, it's a difficult one to answer. Like you should definitely water it, you know, once a week or every second day because every single room is different and every single home is different. Yeah. They're going to dry out quicker. And so it kind of... I would err on the side of slightly underwatering, not overwatering. Uh, and if it's wait for it even to droop a small bit, and it'll tell you. And then once you get a bit like a bit like a new pet, once you get used to it, you'll kind of know when it needs a drop of water. Okay. And very finally, and very briefly, Ted in Glan- Glantan is growing peppers. One of them is growing purple. Is this normal? He's never seen purple peppers on sale in any of the supermarkets. Ever seen a purple pepper? Uh- I'm, I'm racking my brain as you're asking the question and I don't think I have but that's not to say that's not to say they don't exist but I don't I, actually I think I may have one of the Thai ones might be purple but anyway, it's unusual anyway certainly yeah and let us know what it tastes like Ted for sure okay what are you up to Absolutely. this week a busy week, more more gardening and, and get you know, I hate to say it, not, but as gardeners, we're always thinking kind of a season or two ahead. So getting ready for the autumn now in the garden, getting the garden ready. Okay. All right. Listen, enjoy. And we'll talk to you next week and enjoy the bank holiday weekend. And you. Thanks, Rich. Thanks a million. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. Back with us again next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.